children, history makers, and Miss Lisa's class, you are released to go, ages 4 to 11, if you want to. Parents, you can keep them in here. Um, I have some really great news for you this morning. Uh, Father's Day is next Sunday, just in case you guys missed it and got it wrong last week. Uh, if I got it wrong last week, it's going to be a great day. We have some really, I think, some impactful things God wants to do in the Father's lives. Uh, you know that song we just sang, It Is Well With My Soul? You know, I don't have to make that statement unless there's a mountain I've been facing. You know, it's all great and good, you know. It's well with my soul. God, it's well with my soul. Listen, you don't say that unless you've just gotten through a storm. You know, that, that's, that's what is the great thing about the Lord is He takes us through storms. Now, you know, we've been, uh, we've been talking about this in Genesis. We were talking about shame, regret, and guilt. I, I want to put those things in a pine box and bury them six feet under the dirt. And so we're, that's what we're doing right now is we're in this process, and it is a process because it's really true. And uh, I do want to thank everybody who came to VBS, you guys who brought your kids, we couldn't do it without you. And uh, the teachers did amazing, I heard amazing testimonies, uh, because the truth is God's been dealing with things with the kids, and it's funny, they, uh, they, this was their Bible verse for this week, and I know y'all can't see it. But uh, that's the verse they memorized, Psalm 139.14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's what was on our teachers' hearts that God wanted to release into the children of this generation, not just the kids who came to our VBS, but I'm going to tell you, God knit them together in their mother's womb, and they have amazing potential. The miracles we haven't seen yet are going to be through us. And so today I want to talk a bit again about Genesis. We're still there. And uh, in the Bible, that's the first book. And it's Genesis about the beginning. And I've said this last week, and I still mean it, and I want us to burn it inside of us. Understanding our Genesis, understanding our origins, understanding our beginnings, understanding where we came from, who we really are. That is the beginning of freedom from shame. And it began, right? There was a beginning. And uh, there's some great, uh, some great reality that actually the scientific world is starting to realize that the Bible really is right. And they're proving it over and over again. And so I want to go through some verses. And this is the verse beginning, and you all know this verse. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth... The earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated. That's what we talked about last week. God created this separation. God created the, the ability to discern between this and this. God created each of us after our own kind. He created male and female. And God created all of this not to destroy us, but to bring us into divinity. You see, His purpose all along was so His Son and the Holy Spirit and Him, so they could live inside of us, so that you could be one with Him. The Holy Spirit, when you began to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and began to reside inside of you. And you're one with Him. And that's what, Gen that's what John talks about a lot in his gospel. So God separated the light from the darkness. And the war began, didn't it? What was God thinking? God, why didn't you just create everything light? Why did, why did you create darkness? And I really do believe. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning the first day. And you know what? God saw it was good. You see, the darkness isn't meant to destroy you. The purpose of the darkness is to bring you into the light. It's for, it's for discernment. It's not for division. It's not, it's not for condemnation. It's actually to set the world free. And we've been in that battle ever since. Listen, we're, and you know that, 
and I see it from a different angle than most people probably, but we're in, the, we're in a battle for our lives. Every one of us are. Everything you hit, everything you face that is difficult, that is hurtful, that is from the enemy, it's from the darkness. And there's a big battle going on. Some of us, the battle's right here, right now, in me. And for some of us, the battle's in someone or somebody we love. Remember the father who brought his son to Jesus and when Jesus was up on the mountain and he brought him to his Jesus disciples and, and the boy would th- the enemy, the, the demons would throw him into the fire and try to kill his son. And he was desperately, there was a battle going on. And the disciples couldn't cast the demon out. And Jesus came down off the mountain and the man said, Jesus, can you heal my son? And Jesus said, if you can believe. And he said, help my unbelief, Lord. And Jesus healed his son. You see, it's all about the light and the darkness. And I believe that's going on right now. And so this is uh, Ephesians 6.10. says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his power. You see, it's his power in us that removes darkness. It's his power in us that overcomes the, the storms of our life. It's his power in you. And God wants to release His power. So He says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. You know that guy, the liar. The accuser, right? You know the guy. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Paul says, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and have done everything to stand. You see, we're in a battle. You're in a battle. And knowing Genesis, knowing your Genesis will build a foundation in your life that can help you to overcome the darkness that surrounds you and bring light into your world, into your family. Now, winning or losing this battle, I believe, depends upon this. Agreeing with God. Faith. When you agree with God, when you live by faith, it releases God and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you to bring God's kingdom into the world. You see, do you agree with him? Well, that's a hard question. We call that faith. Do you agree with God? Do you agree with God about who he says he is? You see, you you may not realize it right now, but that's the beginning. That's the very foundation of the victory God has created us to be a part of. We have to agree with Him. We have to agree with God. Now, do you, agree, do you agree with God about who He says you are? Do you agree with Him? See, I want to look at that today because that's why we're in Genesis. We're going back to the very foundation of who God says He is and who God says you are. And you and I get to make a decision today. You know, repentance, confession, they both mean agreeing with Him. I agree with you, God. God, you're good. God, you love us. God, I see you. And there's no bad in you. God, you are love. And do you agree with God about who he says you are? You know who God thinks you are. So let's look at that. We're going to go back there just just to review this quickly. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Do you believe that? That at the foundation of everything that God created you in his image you see some of us need to repent we all need to repent because there are places where I still don't believe that about me 
There's places where I, I don't, I, either, either God messed up, like I know this, my dad used to always say this about uh, some of you, I was trying to think who he was talking about, I was thinking Keith Wessel, he was saying this about Keith Wessel, he said, you know God, when he created Keith Wessel, he cut him out to be a singer, he just sewed him up wrong. <laughs> No, God doesn't sew us up wrong. God has never made a mistake in His life. He created you and me perfectly for who He created, our destiny, our fulfillment in life. He did. God created you and me exactly with our limitations, with our shortcomings, with our weaknesses, with our strengths. He created us with our abilities and our inabilities. He created us in His image exactly the way He wanted to. Yeah, but our DNA got messed up. Who messed up God's DNA? Who's big enough to do that? Can't be done. You see, the diversity, the uniqueness, the weaknesses and the blessings of you. And, and it's funny, Valerie and I were talking about child development earlier. I love child development. You know what? 18 months old are perfect for 18 months old. They are. And, and I love 14-year-olds when they start getting all mouthy and they get all this stuff, you know. And then, gosh, aren't 20-something-year-olds so cool because they think they know everything. It's amazing. No, how about God created us that way? And then when you get to be my age, you're full of wisdom and maturity. <laughs> yeah, like I know when I've, I've, I, sometimes I do stuff, I know I'm fixing to run in the ditch and I do it anyway. Like, oh, I ran in the ditch again. I knew I was going to run in that ditch. I've done it 50 times. You know, but it's true. God did it. And then your memory starts to go. And then your body, Lord Jesus. You know, it's like things start happening. Your feet go flat. Your ears don't work anymore. Your eyes go fuzzy. I don't even... Now, well, God, I thought you made us in your image. He did. And He did it good. That's what that verse says to children. Listen, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And your works are wonderful. And I know that. Well, you know what? That's a step of faith for you and me. Are you going to agree with God about who you are? Or are you going to argue with Him like a two-year-old? No. Guys, the, the win this battle is, are we willing to repent and confess and change our minds and agree with Him? Now, I want to show you that in Scripture because it's the very foundation of everything. So when He says that, because there is a battle going on. And the battle is for what you believe. The battle is between my ears. You know Revelations 10, 12, 10. I read that last week. I've read it a couple of times. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters. Y'all know who that is? Read Revelation 11 and 12. Chapters 11 and 12. The accuser of our brothers who relentlessly accuses them day and night before our God. You see, the enemy is standing and whispering in your ear every moment of every day. You're not any good. You aren't able to do that. You messed up. Look at what happened to you. Look at your decisions. Look at your look at you today. Look at and the devil just accuses you and accuses you and accuses you that you are not who God wants you to be. That you aren't enough and you never will be enough. You're not a good mom. You're not a good dad. You're not a good friend. You're a, you're a stinking lousy usher. You know, God, he just accuses you. Dan, I, Dan, I wasn't talking about you. You're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't God good? You know, did y'all know this? Y'all didn't know this? I, I, it's a secret, but I, I can't stand it. Uh, two of our ushers got married at... Right before Vacation Bible School Friday night. Is that not the coolest thing? Um, they're not in the room. I don't see them. Oh, there they are. Oh, hey, hey, guys. Back row, center aisle, that side. Uh, Thomas and Jerry tied the knot, and they're legal, and they're married, and it's great. Isn't that what Vacation Bible School is all about, weddings? 
<laughs> whatever. It just happened. It was like, but that's so cool, isn't it? And uh, guys, God is good. God loves Tom, Thomas and he loves Jerry. And now they're a new creation. And who they are is exactly who God created them to be. Now they have room to grow just like you and me, right? And it's good. So the accuser of the brethren. So God created us in his own image. And God saw all that he's made, including you, and said it was very good. Now, are you going to repent and agree with God? Or are you going to keep judging yourself? I have to answer that question myself all the time. Because I've chosen to believe the Scripture. I believe the Scripture. All of creation speaks about the goodness of God. All of creation reveals the glory of God. I believe Him. Even when He says something, I don't, I don't get it. But God, I believe I'm just who you made me to be. Do you believe that? God, up until this point in my life, all that past stuff is a part of making me who I am today, and I give me to you. Yeah, but you're no good. I trust God. I don't trust your voice. I don't trust the devil's voice who's accusing me. I trust him. Who do you believe? You see, there's a battle going on inside of us. The enemy's doing the same thing in us that he did with Adam and Eve thousands of years ago. And it's still happening today. So I really do love this. I love what God's saying and uh, what he's doing. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden because I want to talk about this for just a second, okay? And I know you all know the story. The Lord God planted a garden, Genesis 2.8. And he put the man he had formed... And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good, good and evil. Now you need to think about this. There's more depth in here than I can touch ever probably, but I want to tell you the tree of life, that was about life, living, being alive, the quality of life. It's Everything life is. It's a huge word in the Hebrew, in the original language. And God created a tree of life. And if you eat it, you have life. And you live, and you live, and you live, and you live because that tree is life. It's pretty representative of our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you know who, who you, you have to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read this. You know who else is in the garden with Adam and Eve? The devil. Well, how did the devil sneak in there? He didn't sneak in there. He got put there. The devil is not in charge of anything. He got put there for a reason. Because God had a plan that darkness was going to bring us to relationship with Jesus. So God put him there. God put the tree of the life in there. And then he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I just want to talk about that a second. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Uh, good. You know what that means? It's got several meanings. It means joyous, glad, in good spirits, pleasing, desirable, resting place. Some of you would love to be there. Uh, things in order, not chaos. Prosperous, usable, functional. It means uh, fine, agreed, qualitatively good and it means suitable it's everything good that tree is everything good it's good right now there's also the tree of the knowledge of evil and it was together the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God's remember what God told Eve don't eat that don't go there. Don't eat there. Well, but God, how can I judge other people if I don't understand what good is and evil is? How can I judge myself? In our world, we would call it the tree of knowledge of right and wrong. Moral and immoral. 
tree of the knowledge. Now, you know what evil is? That's an interesting word. It means of bad quality, inferior. God said, don't eat there. Don't eat that. You see, but, but yeah, isn't it, right? isn't it good to know the tree of the knowledge of good? God said, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Why would God say don't eat that? Shouldn't you, isn't that how you live? You do what's good and you don't do what's bad? You know what happened when they ate that tree, don't you? And so evil means ugly, disagreeable, unwholesome, not wanted, no value, contemptible, bad. Here's a, here's a bad one. Bad in the eyes of. You fill in the blank. Bad in the eyes of the church. Bad in the eyes of my dad. Bad in the eyes of the society. Bad in the eyes of the person sitting next to you. Bad in the eyes of. That's what evil means. It means, uh, and it means judgment. It's disagreeable, displeasing, undesirable, annoying, objectional, disapproved of. Well, guess what? We're all listed there. I don't know which one's your favorite, but I've got one. Not good enough. Not worth anything. Not loved, not wanted. You see, God said don't eat from, God told Adam and Eve, don't eat from that tree. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the tree of life, and you know what the truth is, we live by relationship with Jesus, not by trying to do right and not do wrong. That's death. It was death for Adam and Eve, and it's death for us. And so that's why you need to be able to discern. Oh, that's dark. All that stuff is darkness. Judgment is dark. Don't go there. Life is light. Go there. And you can tell the difference. Now, the Lord God took the man, right? Um, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And... A better understanding of that you will certainly die is in dying you will die. It's like God has always done this. This is the most loving thing God's ever done. The most loving thing He's ever done. Okay, in my mind I only see this illustration. Do you guys know what red light, green light is? The game, right? It's it's a nerve-wracking game, isn't it? It's like it will drive you crazy. Um, I just need, I really don't want to embarrass anybody, but uh, Ricardo, would you come up here? You're, you're an usher. You don't have any toys. Come on. Ricardo, um, now, okay, yeah, you're going to stand. Don't go too far because you're not going to make it. Ricardo, red light, green light. Well, you got to have two people. Dan, would you be by Ricardo? Okay. Um, do, y'all, do y'all understand the game? Red light, you stop. Green light, you go. If I see you move, you go back to the starting place. Right? We've all played it, right? I'm, I'm really good at it. Okay, so what, what I do is, do I turn around when I say? Do I turn around on red or green? All of it? Oh, when I say green, when I say red, then I turn back around and try to catch you, right? So green light, red light, go back. Green light, red light, go back, Ricardo. Green light, red light, go back, Ricardo. Green light, red light, go back, both of you. I saw you move. Is that not nerve-wracking? Okay, that's, this, here's God, God, this is the best illustration I could think of. Now, stay there, stay there, no. Y'all are still competing because whoever gets up here first gets what I've got in my pocket. It could be money. Lord Jesus. Okay, now this is, this is what we're going to play. This is in dying, you will die. God did not say, and I know he didn't say this because I read the scripture. 
He said, if you eat from this tree, I'm going to annihilate you and wipe you off the face of eternity forever. He didn't say that. You know how I know he didn't say that? Because he didn't do it. He didn't do it. What did he mean? What God meant was, I'm setting up a system in the world so you'll know when you're abiding in Christ. You'll know when you're loving me. You'll know when the enemy's lying to you. You know how you know? Death. Slow, progressive, beautiful pain. So you know what God plays with us? He plays green light, red light, but he added another color. This time we're going to play green light, yellow light, red light. Got it? Got it, Dan? (laughs) Okay. Green light, yellow light, red light. Green light, yellow light, red light. I got confused. Green light, yellow light. Green light, yellow light. There you go. Dan, I'm sorry. You keep practicing. You see, some of us need lots of practice. Listen, do you know that God doesn't want to destroy you? He wants you to win the game. And He created this this system in the world that is unstoppable. And it's not to destroy you. It's to bring you life. So He tells you, green light, run. Oh, you're getting off track. Yellow light, really yellow light, real, real yellow light. And some of you are like some of my people I see. You won't stop until it's red and you get your fingers burned. And then God says, okay, let's do it again. Green light. Come on, come on. Okay, light yellow light. And you just, come on. Medium yellow light, real yellow light. Oh, you're going to get burned again, aren't you? Okay, red light. And you go back and God starts over the game. That's who He is. He wants you to win. He doesn't want you to lose. He said, and you know, so He put that tree there knowing what was going to happen. Do you all remember what happened? And He said, you all know this part. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper for him. And Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. There was a time in the world when there was no shame, there was no regret, and there was no guilt. And you know what? There were two humans there. Just like you. But actually, you have an advantage over them that they never had. That we're going to talk about. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Oh, but they were perfect. What? <laughs> Who said that? They were human. They grew. They matured. They're, you know, they probably had the same problems we have. But they felt no shame. Because shame comes from believing there's something wrong with you, me. Shame comes from being embarrassed. Shame comes from feeling guilt that you're bad, that you're not good enough, that you can't make it. That's what shame comes from there. Now, so what happened? Y'all know what happened. This is real important. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you know that's how the enemy starts it? That's where it all, uh, oh, I forgot to say this. It's really funny. When God created the man and the woman, and it says, and, that you know, that's where all the trouble started, isn't it? When God created the women. It's like, it doesn't happen until after that. Yep, I know. I'm like, and God created. But you know what? It really wasn't where it started because they were both naked and there was no shame. So it didn't start there. Where did the trouble start? I think that's very important to remember. So you guys, ever since the beginning, men have been blaming women. Y'all know what happened, right? The, and uh, the devil put this thought in Eve's head. 
Did God really say just one, just one little doubt? I don't know if you understand how serious that kind of doubting is. Some people's minds are driven insane because they can never decide what they should do or what they shouldn't do or make a decision about this. Everything they think, there's a hundred doubts that come up in their mind and it will literally drive you crazy. Now, who put that doubt in Eve's head? You know where doubt comes from? The devil. That's who de- Who said that to the devil to the woman? Did God really say? And then he he said a lie. You see, I think you got to understand those negative thoughts you're having, those crazy doubting yourself all the time and blaming yourself and judging yourself yeah they come from a source and his name is satan and he's trying to get you to not agree with god about yourself and he's winning that battle most of the time in our lives in the world he doesn't want you to believe in you he gives you all kinds of junk in your head and that's what happened to eve now you know what it says in Romans 14, 23? This is interesting. Paul wrote this. Whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat. He's talking about a deal. Then he said, because their eating is not from faith. Here's what I want you to get. Their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. You see, God wants you to believe in you. God wants you to believe in Him. To agree with Him, even if you don't understand it. Because doubt comes from Satan and it's sin. Because it's, not, it's the opposite of faith. And then Hebrews 11, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. She said, God said, do not touch it. Eve said that. God didn't say that. You see, when she doubted, it opened the door for that voice to start coming more and more. And all of a sudden, then she says, uh, God, said, God said, do not eat it. Don't eat that tree. There's a difference between touching and eating. Totally different. And in, the, in this world, it's really big because eating is where you get your energy, your food, your sustenance, your life from we ingest food, we ingest things, and it makes us who we are. It gives us power and strength, and, and that's what eating does. And he said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong. That's not how you live. You live from me, the tree of life. You live from your relationship with Jesus by faith, not by do's and don'ts and laws and religions. You don't live by that. You live by your life with him. And God didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. And that's, uh, that's a big deal. And you know who Satan does. John 10.10, 10, the, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Those doubts in your mind, those self-judgments, those, that guilt, the regret, the shame, that is, comes from him, the enemy designed to kill and steal and destroy us. And then it says in uh, John eight forty four. this is the big verse I read, says, when he lies, when the devil lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the fathers of lies. He's a liar. He's a liar. He lied to Eve. He lied to Adam. He's lying to you. And we have the same battle. And so it says in 2 Corinthians eleven three. Paul said, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You know what Paul said? Your love, your heart going towards Jesus is where God wants you. We read that and we read perfect lifestyle. We read no sin in our old definition of sin. We read perfection in what we do. We read doing all the things right. We read all kinds of stuff. And God says, where's your heart? 
where's your heart? And uh, don't let the serpent deceive you that you aren't doing enough and that you're not good enough and your past is too bad and you messed up too many times and you're not mature enough and you don't have enough gifts. And a hundred things we hear from the enemy all designed to take us away from our pure devotion to him. Yeah, but, but if you have pure devotion to Him, you should be this mature. Um, the Bible doesn't say that. Your pure devotion is where God wants our hearts. Don't let the enemy take you away from that ever, ever, ever. And Paul knew that because the, the enemy is cunning. He knows how to get us where we actually question already. And then all of a sudden we're with him. Satan's deception became with that one, one doubt, a thought in her mind that wasn't true. That's how it started. Now, here's something interesting. I think in my mind, I think this. I think about Adam and Eve. Um, when did the Holy Spirit come and live inside of us? The indwelling of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, God the Father. You know what Jesus said in John 17, right? He said, guys, I've got to go away. I have to go away because if I don't go away, he can't come. The first time in the history of the world, the Holy Spirit was able to live inside of us. And that's where we live today. Right after Jesus, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts. And, it, and God, we all believe that. We all know it's true. Do you know... Um, without the Holy Spirit in you, without Jesus in you, that you can't resist the lies of the devil? You can't. You don't, you're not able. You know what? Eve didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of her. She lived with God in the garden. It's very clear. She was with him, but he wasn't in her. And now today, you have the grace of God working inside of you where you actually can do more than you can do on your own you can't do this on your own and we were created for this war you can't win the battle in your mind in your own strength neither could Eve you can't you're not able but when you live in relationship with Jesus he makes us able to do the things we're unable to do when we live with Jesus, when those storms come, we can now stand and even command the storm to stop sometimes. <laughs> when you live with Jesus, those mountains get thrown into the sea. You see, it all comes from him. And I think we, we, we look at Adam and Eve and we judge what they did. And the truth is, I personally don't think they could not do it because they didn't have the Holy Spirit and guys, you can't live a good life. You can't live a joy-filled life. You can't be who God's created you to be without Him. You see, it's just what happens. It's just the truth. It says, when they, when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they both realized they were naked. And you know what happens when you start thinking this way? You start covering up. You start hiding. You know what else you do? You go and read the whole thing. Uh, you start accusing and blaming people for you. What's the first thing Adam did? First he blamed God, right? God is that woman. <laughs> you gave me that woman. And then he blamed her. <laughs> you see, we do it too. Because we don't realize where our life comes from. You know what? This proves there's no victims in the world. Jesus set us free. You can't blame anybody. And you don't need, you have the power inside of you to be everything God's made you to be. And then, so all of a sudden, blaming, accusing starts happening, judging starts happening, and then fear. Fear came into the world. First time they ever experienced fear was when they listened to those voices in their head that was coming from the darkness. And they hid. And they judged themselves. And they hid who they were. And now God asked Eve, said, what, 
what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me. The first true thing Eve said. (laughs) He lied to her. She couldn't not believe him. You know, when you're not walking with Jesus, you can't. You judge yourself sometimes. We, all of us are growing in our walk with Jesus, but we'll still judge ourselves for not having the power to do what we think we should be doing. And we'll judge ourselves the same way Eve did. You're not bad. You just need to get connected. You're not bad. You're still growing. It's, it's a process. And relationship with Jesus lasts our whole life. And so God said something. She said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said, because you've done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals, and you'll crawl on your belly and you'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. Uh, That's the battle we're still in today. Now, God said, who was the woman's offspring, right? Y'all know that? Jesus. Uh, and we're sons. And we're his, he's the son of God. And a great man I heard one time said, we're the many-membered son of God because we've been adopted into his family. So what were you created for? To crush the devil's head. And you know what? Every time you're who you are and you, you give yourself to God and you walk out your life on earth with him, you're crushing his head. And I'm crushing his head. And together we're all crushing his head. And one day we're going to have a people, a society, where there's no more shame, there's no more regret, there's no more guilt. Where children are happy and full of life and not judging themselves and no more suicide and no more needing to hide and no more drugs and stuff to kill the pain because there's going to be a day when that devil's head's crushed. And it happens every time you and I agree with who God is. When you agree with who God says he is and you agree with God who he says you are, then you're going to crush his head. And so we're in a battle and our battles right between our ears. And God's looking for an army to rise up. An army that'll do what our children's leaders did with the, with the children. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're wonderful. And you were created to walk in, with, and be one with God. And they're going to crush the devil's head. So guys... Today, I think that God really is saying that. I'm not saying quit fighting. I'm saying go with Jesus. Go with him. Eve was unable to do it on her own. Quit judging her. (laughs) Go read the scripture. And you'll see the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts 2,000 years ago. Before that... You, he didn't live in us. He wasn't one with us. You can come on. He wasn't one with us, right? Before that. Today, he wants to live through you. Because Eve was unable to do it. I can't do it either. And neither can you. But I can live without following Jesus. No, you can't. Good try. Give it a shot. You are unable to resist the devil's lies. You're unable to resist his words. You're unable to. And well, I don't think you're bad. You just need Jesus, just like me. We're all the same. We all have equal value. We all have equal opportunities to live with him. And when that happens, because you know the truth is, when he said that, he said, her offspring, you know, Eve, the one that messed everything up, (laughs) and she didn't mess everything up is her offspring are going to crush his head. You're, his, you're her offspring. Now, here's the deal. You are not the problem. You're the solution. Guess what? The person sitting next to you isn't the problem either. They're the solution to the problem. Now, I, would, I recommend repenting 
and agreeing with God about the person sitting next to you. He thinks they're wonderful. He thinks they're the solution to the world's problems. He believes you are too. If you're facing a mountain today, yeah, you need Jesus. And then, then you'll be able to sing that song. After you go to him, you'll be able to sing that song, It's Well With My Soul, no matter what kind of mountain. So do you need to repent this morning? Well, we all do. Because there's somewhere where we all are judging ourselves. We all need to repent. Yeah, but you don't know what I did. Hmm, I know what he did. I know what he did. I agree with him. Do you agree with God about you? Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> Do you believe you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you believe that you have a spot no one else in the history of the world can do? just you that's the truth but you you can either agree with God or not it's, it's terrible you're going to agree with God you're going to have to be happy that's sad I just hate it for you you're going to have to quit moping around and complaining about yourself because that's what repentance is God I repent I thought I was a loser and you tell me I'm good and that I'm perfect for who for my place in the world I'm perfectly made by you. Yeah, that's agreeing with God. And you look at your neighbor and believe the same thing. And thank God they're different than you, right? God created us each for a place. It's like a very fine clock. Those old clocks, not a digital clock. Those old ones, everything fit together perfectly. And it took a thousand pieces to make that clock work. Yeah, that's how complicated we are. We need you. VBS wouldn't have happened without you. Nothing happens without you. Now, do you need to repent about how you see God? I don't say you understand him, but you can choose to believe what he says about himself. He says he loves me. He says, I'm his wonderful, wonderful favorite. He says, I'm good, that he, he cares about me. He says, he'll take care of me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He says a thousand things in Scripture, and it's all true. And I agree with it, even if I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I was, I've been mad at God before, too. And I knew the whole time it was illogical because God's God. And one day I forgave him, even though I didn't understand it, even that day. And then God set me free from darkness that day. Guys, this morning I think we need to do some repenting. I think we do. I think it's God. And you know what repenting is? It's agreeing with him. That's what it is. By faith, God, I agree with you. So let's all stand up. I, uh, I really appreciate y'all's patience. Y'all are like the most patient crowd ever. Um, this is so complicated and difficult. It is. But it's so simple. It's really not complicated. It's just how do you think? So we want to pray. Um, I want you to have an encounter with God. So let's pray. So Jesus, I just thank you. Just let Jesus come inside of your heart right now. Just listen for his voice. Just let him come. Yeah, he wants to come like a flood right now. A flood that just sweeps us away in love, in his presence.
Let Jesus answer this question inside of your heart right now. Jesus, do you love me? Do you really love me? Just let him come. Let him answer that question. Jesus, do you want me? Jesus, do I matter? Jesus, are you okay with me? Jesus, do I have a place? Now, I just want you to look into his face right now. Just look into his face. like a small child he wants us to come to him he wants us to be free laughing jumping giggling he wants us to come like a child forget all of your mistakes forget all the pain forget all the bad choices and just come to him God, I just thank you that you care about everyone in this room and all of our families, all of our friends. I just thank you. This morning, uh, if you feel like the Lord wants you to uh, get a word from him or to pray with someone, there's going to be guys up here. We'd love to pray for you today. And if you have a mountain you're facing uh, there's people in this room that love you <laughs> and uh, let them love you because sometimes we all face those things, right? Sometimes it's hard. So God, I just thank you for our family. I thank you for friends. I thank you for life and what you're doing right now inside of us. We just praise you, God. Amen. Communion table still open. Uh, Feel free to do that. Love on each other. And y'all guys have a great day.